Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators, a monthly podcast series where two black men from the state of Maryland debate and get their hot takes on movies, professional wrestling, and TV shows. So have a listen, have a look-see, but nonetheless, enjoy. Hey, what's up, folks? How y'all doing? Yeah, 301 Colored Commentators. We're back for episode number four. Um, we got we got a surprise for y'all tonight. I know some of y'all have been eager to see this based on the comments of the photo that we left for y'all. We're going to be talking about tonight, The Godfather Part 2, a.k.a. The Sequel Among Sequels. We're, going to be, we're also going to be talking about The Rise and Fall of the Who, the NWO. You see this right here? Got the shorts on. You got the shorts on, yeah. yeah. You got the shorts on, but it's like, for God's sake, show some balls. I think it's too late to try and impress them. <laughs> and also, lastly, we're going to be, lastly, no pun intended, we're going to be talking about The Last of Us. That's right, the HBO TV series that was based on the video game. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. Interesting, right? Very interesting. An interesting take on the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, yeah that's what we're talking about. So what's yeah. what's new with you, homie? Absolutely nothing for a change. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's since, a that's a first. Since our last episode, I'm trying to think. I mean, actually, this has been a lot. Just trying to enjoy the summer, dog. Like Fourth of July, Juneteenth, all oh, that. Juneteenth. Just doing the damn thing. Uh, yeah, thank you, President Biden, for giving us Juneteenth. <laughs> I guess. Yes. It's overdue, but thank you. Slauncher. Uh But <laughs> yeah, that has been a blur because there's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm well. That's that's all that matters, right? So, that is good. Yeah, yep. What about you? I, okay, a few things. I went to BlurredCon representing us there. Yeah, BlurredCon. Blurcon is a black Blurcon is Black Comic Con. Yeah, it was a. Next year we got to get a table there and stay for all three days. Yeah, there's there's some shenanigans that going on that motherfucker. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not only that though, they don't got no spaces for podcasts though in there at all. So it's like we can fill some space. We're gonna make some space. We're gonna make some space. We got banners there. there. Yeah, we we're gonna be hooking up with all the hot female black celebrities that come there too. Watch. Mm -hmm. I I met Chris Summer when I was there, as y'all saw, and Rachel True. Both. Both very professional, very cool, nice. no funny, funny too. They were friendly, you yeah. You say one of them had a potty mouth or something? Rachel True, the chick from Half Big, she curses more than me. I'm just sitting there like, that's impossible, sir. I'm like, please, sir, I'd like some more. That's impossible, sir. Difficult, not impossible. Ah, you see what he did there. Mm-hmm, you see that. <laughs> and, three, and Chris Summers was like, when it came to taking the picture with the both of them, she's like, but you're about to have a threesome. I'm like, I wasn't thinking about it before, but now I am. Well, damn, so I mm-hmm. fulfill your fantasy, why don't you? On air? I'm whoa, exhi- whoa, whoa, I ain't no exhibitionist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, well, first and foremost, I'm present, so I, that's not going to happen. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's why I was asking for clarification. Uh, I'm talking about at BlurredCon. Next time we go, yes, we will. I'll make sure the stage is set for you. Okay. Just make sure you let, let me know so I exit ahead of time. <laughs> okay. Do your thing, thank you. and I'll return. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're very much welcome. Okay. Also, additionally, I saw what's it called. Um, I went to TCOM last Saturday, the T-shirt convention. Oh, that's something that, I've messed with. I, I didn't know about that. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a uh, small, but it felt kind of kind of dead a little bit. Oh yeah. I mean, me and my me and my friend Troy were manning our table for RexcoComics.com, mm-hmm. or just RexcoComics. That's right. Create mm-hmm. the culture, but um, yeah, it was it wasn't as it wasn't as big as I thought it would be. I mean, they had seminars, workshops where you could learn how to make T-shirts and whatnot. Okay. But I heard it's been bigger. Any, Pause. any, 
you had to pause. Although I did buy some stuff there. I did buy some stuff there. Any nice vendors. concept tees or pop hmm. culture tees over there that was plenty, hi- plenty hip hop tees. The theme was hip hop. Ah, so I would have definitely messed with that. Shout I got, out to you know how I used to collect those things in high school. I still, I still, I'm trying to re redo my hip hop collection. Get rid of all my double XL '90s hip hop shirts because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want to look. Pause. Yeah, I don't want to look. Yeah, thank you. I don't want to look like nobody <laughs> who just had gastric bypass surgery. That's yeah. what I look like with my skinny body. It took me 20 years to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, I mean, the baggies are coming back in style, but not the, not the baggies we were wearing. They're, no, they're, they're a little more fitting than what we wore. In I, the hope so. I hope so. I hope so. But they're coming back. But, you know, fitting is still in, so it's pick your poison type of thing. It is. It so, is. So. I mean, I just, I, I I, I just want to look presentable and comfortable. Facts. I feel you. I feel you, sir. And lastly, I saw that Indiana Jones Part 5... Uh, See, that, that's why I call it part five. I don't even remember the title of the film. That sounds, that's, that's how bad it sounds was. Sounds like an L, dog. It was an L. I mean, what the, the hell is Harrison Ford, 80, still doing making this film like this? I mean, come on, dude. And they get more and more lighthearted ever since Raiders. Oh, I mean, even yeah, though, yeah. I mean, well, not since Raiders, since Temple of Doom, Temple really. of Doom. I like Last Crusade, though. Last Crusade was fire. And I like, I honestly, I like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with the aliens. and the, That was funny the, for me. It was, that fun. was funny. It was fun to watch in the last true Indiana Jones film. And plus, the whole chase scene at the university, you know where that took place in? That was Yale. That was in New Haven. Oh, your stomping grounds. Yeah, my cousin's stomping grounds and whatever. They work there. Yeah, yeah. I got a family friend that lives around there, too. I actually mm. been there because uh, one of them used to work there. It, yeah. it ain't the same like it used to be. They got rid of Cutler's, Educated Burger. Like, mm. that was y'all thinking. Those were staples. What is, the, what is the side over there that's hood in, in Connecticut? Oh, you go straight down from Yale, yeah. way down Whaley Avenue. Yeah, yeah, that that, that that's when you see the hood. You, yeah. you know when you see all the all the all the Chinese restaurants on the corner. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's home to me. Uh, uh, I feel you. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Nah. nah. Oh, I, I kid. I ain't shouting out no no Connecticut in New England. Hater. Oh, speaking speaking of region, this so music. This is what I've been listening to mostly DMB artists. Word. I got Ciroc right here. Yeah, she's from Southeast DC. The sharecropper's daughter. This came out in 2020, though, but still, she can spit. She mm-hmm. Okay, she's a spitter. Yeah, she signed to Rhyme Sayers. Okay. It's Mark Toure right here. Fresh Air. Yeah, he's in Bethesda, actually. And he, and he graduated from BCC. Oh. He graduated years, years after us. Oh, okay, he's a young boy. Young boy, yeah. Okay. Shout out to the Barons. And finally, uh, a substantial PG County boy. Yeah, I met him three times already, and he was at BlurredCon, and he and he alerted me to the release of his uh, his album Adultish. Yeah, he's a good MC. I've been I've been messing with him since college. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to the local artist, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any, uh, any, well, I'll talk to you about that later. Any specific singles from each of these that I should listen to? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, from I'm still trying to decide. Right. Just to, I just bought these. I just, well, except for Mark Two Ray's record, I just bought those other two. Got you. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. There's nothing really specific. I need to listen to the new Nas June. I haven't listened to it yet. Magic. Yeah, you like it? I, I haven't heard it. I mean, I didn't like the first one, so I, I don't know how I would how I'm gonna feel about. Yeah, I think as far as entertainment goes, I've just been kind of mean focused in my little sports world, like the off season for. Soccer, oh, yeah. as the U.S. will call it, but you know, football—not fo- American football, but football. I've been following that, and then you know, now we're in training camp with the NFL football. So um, you gotta love training camp. Shout out to Jalen Ramsey. So yeah, we'll t- 
talk about that later on, maybe next month, because we're gearing towards that other podcast. Mm-hmm. Sai is also heavily involved in that. We'll talk. We'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, as far as entertainment, that's what I've been kind of keeping my eye on. Oh, um, so to speak. Oh, did you see what's it called? The um, they clone Tyrone on Netflix. I gotta see that joint. I heard. I heard. I saw. I saw. I heard it's funny. It is, but I gotta see it again to be sure. I'm. I saw what I saw. It's like there's a lot going on in that film. I gotta check it, but yeah, I, yeah, I got. I heard good things about it, so I, I will probably watch it this weekend. It's like some retro futuristic satire. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And Jamie Fox. Shout out to Jamie Fox. He's in it. Mm-hmm. He, he's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I check that shit out. It looked it looked uh, entertaining and uh, worth the watch based on what I've heard. Also, yeah, it's, so it's definitely intriguing. That's dope. That's dope, man. Okay. So, yeah. Shall we get right to it? Let's do it, bro. Okay, we're gonna be talking about first. We're gonna be talking about the Godfather Part Two. That was released around Christmas time in 1974 mm-hmm. and was directed by Francis Ford Coppola and written by both him and Mario Puzo, who wrote the Godfather novels on which the films are based. Mm-hmm. Um, this one right here, The Godfather Part Two, it's a sequel and a prequel to the 1972 original Godfather. It's a sequel in that it picks up the 1958 story of Michael Corleone, who's the new don of the Corleone family, mm-hmm. and what he and the aftermath and the implications of what everything he does to protect his family and organization after a failed hit on him. Mm-hmm. And the prequel is about Michael's father, Vito Corleone. It's about his youth and his rise in the New York City crime crime trade or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And as a young man, he's portrayed by Robert De Niro in an Oscar winning performance. So good. Yeah, this was So good. They had the the, the let, me, let me let me what else was in there? Um yeah. who else? Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, Talia Shire, John Cazale, they were they reprised their roles from the original film. Mm-hmm. Along with um what's his faces? Abe Bagoda, uh, Jimmy Khan, R.I.P. to both of them. Yeah. yeah, they 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 reprise their roles in the uh, in the in the ending credit scene, not the ending credit, but the final scene, scene the flashback yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, to Vito Corleone's birthday. It's uh, yeah. And funny thing, James Khan, who plays Son- Sonny Corleone, mm-hmm. he he demanded that he get the same money that he got for the first film just for that one scene that he filmed. I'm sure he didn't get that. Mm. He did. No, he got it. He got it, just like Marlon Brando got what's it called. It's like he got $3 million for doing that one scene in Superman. Wow, the second one. No, the first one. Oh, when he did the monologue type of thing? Yeah. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, they, he held, he, I mean, studios wanted to work with Brando. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they caved into his demands all the time, no matter how ridiculous they were. Got you. Even, if he was, even when he was literally out of shape, like a fat motherfucker, like an apocalypse now. Yeah. All, they, all we saw was his head in the cave the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, I was just pulling up the cast names, so I lined up some bad with names, but yeah, I, I, once the cast names come, you know. So. They also had Mariana Hill as the court, um, what's the Corleone mother's name? Oh, the, the, the... Mama Corleone. Mama Corleone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Lee Strasberg, of, who, the famous method actor teacher, of which a lot of these actors studied under him at his institute in New York. He's in the film as well, too. He plays Hyman Roth. Oh, okay, I know who Hyman is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these families are probably dead now, huh? A lot of them are. Um, John Cazale, he only did four movies that he was in before he before he died. He died of cancer. Mm-hmm. Robert Duvall's in his nineties. Um, Diane Keaton, Talia Shire, they're still alive. Interesting. Um, Interesting. 
No, Morgana King. I'm sorry, Morgana King. She played Mama. She played Mama, Mama Corleone. Corleone. Yeah. Why does she remind me so much of Tony Montana's mother in Scarface? She kind of does. Yeah. She's got like some similarities. I, I could I could see that. I could see why you you would say that. This sure. this film right here. Some fun facts about it. One, it grossed 48 million dollars against a 13 million dollar budget and 93 million dollars worldwide. It was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and was the first sequel to win Best Picture. And the Oscar wins that it had also included Best Director for Francis Ford Coppola, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor for Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. um, Best Adapted Screenplay for, for Coppola and Puzo. Yeah. Yeah, that film, it was, it was, it swept the Oscars. It's a very, very good movie. And like its predecessor, The Godfather Part Two is a highly influential film, especially in the gangster Pop genre. Culture. Yeah, yeah. Pop culture, yeah. And in, like in real life gang culture, like a lot of people like emulated a lot of what they got from this movie. Yeah, you see, especially in rap albums, especially yeah. ones with gangster motifs, yeah. you see some Godfather 2 quotes or samples from the soundtrack using a beat. Like yeah. in like for for example, the scene in the the the, the, the uh in Little Italy, the Marcio Religiosa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that scene, the music that was playing in that scene, I've heard that sampled in three so places. Many, so many places. Yeah, Immortal Technique, yeah. Uh, Session, he had it first, mm-hmm. Underground Rapper, and most notably, Nas on Black Republican. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. that's right. That's right, I mean, I mean, even, I mean, so I, I, I have an interesting, like, intrigue or interest in, in, like, organized crime from the most minute levels to the most sophisticated levels. Right. And even in these various tiers of, of organized crime, you tend to see when you like watch documentaries, read books about them, or articles, you see them. A lot of them are inspired or like they mimic like the structure from this movie directly. They do. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Um, like it's a very influential movie. Um, and ironically, what's it called? Some rappers. I remember De La Soul, their Stakes is High albums mm-hmm. that came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. There's a skit in there where they where they basically just clown clown all these rappers that look up to the, the Italian mafia movies and Italians hate niggas. Why y'all look up to them? Yeah, clearly even in this movie you see examples of that. Well, yeah, in the first film it's like Sonny's like in a cell to the niggas. Yeah, even uh, Frank. Frank Pantangeli? Yeah. You remember that scene when he's, when they attempt to assassinate him and he's explaining like how like Mike all has right. disrespect but he's like Hyman Roth like he's a he's, Jew. He's a Jew. He... He talks to Spicks. He talks to the nigger. I was like, uh, but I mean, you got to give context. Yeah, the context of the time. The time that's, that that's it was. one thing I kind of like paid attention to this time around and watching this movie, like the historical context with everything in it. Um, even though it's fictional, it kind of has a timeline to real life history. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's it's a layered film. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it has the replay value, even though it's nearly fifty years old. Facts. It's the acting in it is so good. Yeah. Um, the themes in it are, 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 are relatable. Absolutely. I mean, even though the crime part, I mean, I, I'm not, we're none of us are organized crime, but still, it's intriguing to watch, like always, you said. Always intriguing to watch, yeah. yeah even, even from the lower level up to the whoever the top levels are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I guess, what are some of the scenes, before we even get to our favorite scenes, what are some of the things that intrigued you about this movie? When intri- it, it was it, how, be- how much more better it was than the first. And how what's it called? How they intersect? How they juxtapose Vito Corleone Absolutely. as a young as Absolutely. a young man ahead of his time with what Michael was going through ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so well done in that sense. Yeah, it seems right through. It's like it's not it's not confusing at all. No, 
and yeah. and what's it called? We got to see a lot of context. It provides a lot of context to the first film as well too. Yeah. Like Vito, his lo- his different love that he has for each one of his children. Yeah. Like we see in the film, Sonny, he was always rough. Yeah. Fredo was a sickly child. Yeah. Michael, Michael was his favorite. You could tell even from yeah, yeah even from when he was a baby. Yeah, when he after after, after <laughs> the funny thing is after he kills the dog. after he kills Don Benucci, <laughs> like, uh, gets rid of the Don. Your father well, loves you very much, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> So padre amor de Benasai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Benasai. I'm like, it's like yeah. you're just killing nigga, and then you come back and just come back to the stupid. Tell, just tell your dad, your son, that you love him very much. Yeah, you didn't know that he was gonna be your predator, your considered successor. No, he didn't even want that for him. No, he didn't. He did it, but at the beginning, Mike didn't want anything to do with it. No, but he got, he he proved to be a natural at it. Yeah, like he's with the fr- damn good at what he does. I mean, he's military trained, so he recognized that niggas was gonna come kill his father. Yep. But he was cool under fire, though. Very stoic. While his boy Jenko, Jenko yeah, was like struggling to yeah, have a cigarette, but Michael's like, give me that. Mike was calm. He, was he didn't even really have experience in that, but he was like, well composed. Yeah. And, well he, composed. and even when he, he offered to assassinate, what's it called, Salazzo and McCluskey, they laughed at him at first. He's yeah. like, what the fuck y'all laughing at him yeah. for? He's a dedicated. He just came from war. He bro. just came from war. He knows how to kill. Yeah, yeah. He ain't your little brother, Michael, I mean, Santino, Santino. and Tom. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Uh, I thought that was also one of the best parts of the movie, given the time that this movie was made and how, like you say, they juxtapose, you know, the correlation between the son and the father, even though the time frames are the time historically frames are very different. different. They're going through a lot of the same experiences. But, um, but they handle them differently. Differently, exactly. Yeah, Michael, Michael he, could have been every, he could have been every bit as great as his father, if not greater. But the yeah. problem with Michael is two things. Vanity and, and a pathological need for revenge. Yeah. Yeah, with him it was pathological. I mean, yeah, yeah you can't let some shit slide. You cannot let certain shit, shit slide, but yeah. Michael just goes at everything. Cold. Everybody. He was cold. Cold, calculating. Yeah. Very calcul very composed. And, 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 very Michael composed. Michael Corleone, as portrayed by Al Pacino, that nigga was a chess master. Yeah. Yeah, always ten steps ahead of the game. Always thinking ahead. Thinking ahead. Oh my God! The scene where what's it called? Where we thought he was about to get got in the Senate hearings, and, and when he gets and we do the Frank Pentangeli's potential testimony, and he comes there with Frank Pentangeli's brother, brother. He knew Vincenzo. He you knew he couldn't snitch in front of him. And all, and then you see the dude's face like. He's like, oh shit, you brought my brother here. Not, not Pentangeli's face like. Yeah, yeah. You better not, nigga. You better not snitch. Exactly. Exactly. All he had to do was look at him and that changed yeah, his mind. exactly. So, like, yeah, so to give con I mean, y- y'all probably already watched that, but to give context, Frank Pentangeli was not a fan of how Vito were running things, especially the Michael. Fact, sorry, Michael was running things, especially the fact that he was um, doing business with the Rosado brothers. And the Rosado brothers. Um, he was Clemenza, the fat man's successor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they say Clemenza died a heart failure, but one of his soldiers from the first film, Willie Chichi. Yeah. He's like, nah, that wasn't a heart attack. Yeah. He implies it was homicide. Was homicide, yeah. It probably was. And so, and the, the whole dispute between Pentangeli and the Rosado brothers had was due to Clemenza apparently promising them some territories in the Bronx. But the book said, nah, Clemenza didn't promise them niggas shit. Shit, right? Mm-mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So Pentangeli was just holding up his mentors and his predecessors and vendetta against those yeah. two. I think a lot of it is also like, it's also kind of synonymous just on on a, on a what you call it broader scale of things it's like comparable to today's world where like you have our parents or our grandparents and they see the way we handle things today and they're like back in our time this uh-huh. wasn't this this wasn't 
things have evolved so much. We're at that age now. Yeah, things have evolved so much. We handle things a lot differently. And they can't seem to kind of stomach that. But at the same time, everything is fine. Everything yeah. is cool. It is synonymous with Frank, how Frank sees uh, Michael. Um, the way Michael handles the family and the business and everything. Frank is from Vito Corleone's era. Yeah, he's exactly. the same he's age. From the, he's from the, era, the old school era. He's an old school Sicilian, yeah. Exactly. So, like, certain things of the tradition he likes to uphold, whereas whereas Michael is more, okay, tradition is important, but evolve, evolve, evolve it, adapt So in the time so that we can sustain what we have, whatever, whatever. But like, like the whole scene where we see Michael having that whole uh, party for his son, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, and Frank Pantangeli gets there, and he's unnerved because there's no nothing traditionally Sicilian there at yeah, all. Yeah, at all. No the musicians and shit. The food canopies. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So, um, and, and the senator, he was racist as hell. And like I, I and I, I me especially, I kind of relate to it because here the you, senator. No, no, no. This. What you not not <laughs> fuck no not the senator okay good more so more so <laughs> the conflict between Frank and Michael. Michael you gotta understand more than likely Frank and Vito are first generation immigrants that came here so they they have a very strong traditional base from Sicily yeah that they want to uphold Michael respects it. He understands and respects it, but he's also born and raised in America. So he's cognizant that things change. Exactly. So I mean, he's 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 very much you know he's, he respects his culture, but he understands the importance of evolution and adaptation. Even though he first he initially denied his culture in the first film. Yeah. I mean, before he makes his bones with protecting the family, you see how he tried to look like a white American with yeah, his hair parted and whatnot. Exactly, exactly. But then he spends two years in Sicily. Yeah. Comes back as a changed man, starts wearing his hair slicked back like yeah, an Italian, exactly. dressing with his culture. Exactly. And even even speaking, even speaks Sicilian when he's pissed off at somebody like the, like the yeah. Frank. Like, yeah, like yeah. I run my family the way I see fit. Do familia? Yeah, like nigga, your family's yeah. name is Corleone. You're, you're right. gonna run it like a Corleone. You're right. Even when he's aggravated, he he speaks to everyone. Like, even even to Tom, Tom White Tom. Tom. Yeah. He, he speaks Sicilian to him when he's yeah. pissed. Mm -hmm. You're right. Um, but yeah, just back to my point. Like I I go through that shit every day with <laughs> like, with not necessarily only only my parents, but people at home that are very like very strong on like a lot of the traditions. I'm very respectful and I, some of the traditions I definitely like to uphold, but I understand the importance of evolution because right. things change. If we didn't evolve, we still be, we still be in the tall grass with we'll the We still apes. be fucking slaves too. We still be in the tall grass. tradition didn't change, you know what I'm saying? So um, we still be scratching each other's buttocks in the yeah, tall grass with the apes. Yeah, yeah. And, that's and, the way I see it. Yeah, in that sense, I get where, I get where how Michael is moving. And like we and like we and like we also said, what's it called? We mentioned Frank Pantangeli a lot. Yeah, he's he's a big part of the movie. Yeah, he's one of Michael's three capo regimes. The other two are Rocco Lamponi and yeah. Al Neri, who yeah. are also in the first film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we mentioned Senator Geary. Senator Geary's racism is very telling. Even even in his opening scene where he's giving that speech, where he doesn't even try to pronounce the Corleone's name properly. <laughs> very American. Anthony uh, Vito Corleone. Very, I'm like, uh, very American. I'm like, look, I'm like, I, I, I see that, and I think of how people say my name, and my name is is is, is as white as as white as it comes. I know you're not complaining. I'm not complaining. No, I'm just saying just that. Imagine my scenario. 
Yeah. I got so, the. I got the. Nah, I, now I don't play about it. Before Nick, I used to let it slide. Now I'd be like, nah, pronounce my shit properly. Fuck that. I remember I'd be on a job interview where people ask me, so how do you pronounce your name? Is it C? Is it Say? Is it Sly or something? Yeah. I'm like, pronounce my shit properly. I'm like, first of could, all, how you get a three letter name when my name has only two letters? Is right in front of you. If you can pronounce the former coach of Duke. Name and how it's spelled, then there's no reason why you can't pronounce mine. Exactly. So I don't let that slide anymore. So, nah. Uh, you go pronounce that shit properly. And then, and Gary's racism was more uh, more blunt when he was in with my in front of Michael trying to make a deal. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We're talking shit about Italians. I'm like, I'm just sitting there like Michael's gonna make you pay for this somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he did. He did. He did. Yeah, he, yeah, he set him up to be be with a dead hooker, hooker in a brothel. Yep, and that didn't that wouldn't look good in his political career. No, so it's like we're gonna help you out in exchange. We need some help from you. And exactly. As soon as the Senate hearings happen, you hear him change his tune completely. 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 Yeah, like 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 he's given a proverbial rim job to Italians. I think that is also telling, in that things haven't really changed. I think a lot of the shit is very. It still goes on. It still goes on and prominent now. It's just a little more covert. On a political level. Yeah, it's like, a little more covert. It's sort of like it's sort of like yeah, House of Cards, the first few seasons, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got we got some friends from high school friends that actually work on Capitol Hill. And some of them told me that what you see on House of Cards is true. That's exactly what these congressmen do to get shit done. And yes, they do take swigs of whiskey and like lines of coke when they think that nobody's looking at them. I'm like, I believe that. I believe it too. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, it. And honestly, I can't blame them, given that yeah. job. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, like, that that was interesting. Um, that, Michael- that, that historical context. A little, it was a little more blatant at the time. Mm-hmm. But you got to understand, that's kind of like how things work when, like, government and age go hand in hand. Like, a lot of the, the countries in this world that have fairly young independents have a lot of blatant corruption where you actually see yeah. whereas the US is kind of you know we've been we, uh, we've we, been we are just as corrupt as every other we, country no, but we're, we're we're good at what we do because yeah we're better because the US has had its independence since the 1700s so and you got you got to understand they've been through a lot of shit we've been through a lot of shit but they do they do a lot of shady shit that they try to convince that only other countries do absolutely that's what i saying. they're good at what they do um at the end of the day it's, there's obviously there's also better ways of checks of balances yeah there based are. on based on you know how we see other countries do it not only that but based on the experiences over time like the checks and balances have become more overt and the corruption is a little more covert and I think a lot of these countries, possibly, mm-hmm. will also get to that level over time. Over time. When, a lot of them are fairly young, if you think about it. So. Back on topic. Yeah. Okay, what's it called? The hit on Michael Corleone. And after the hit, he makes Tom Hagen the temporary head of the family. And that scene where he says to Tom, you're my brother, I love you. I know I, I've upset you in the past by keeping things from you. And Tom's moved to tears. It's like, I noticed that with Tom, it's like, He's the same age as Sonny, but Michael is the one of his is the one sibling that he respects the most and wants his approval. Yeah, all the time. It, all the time, yeah. And it's like he and Mike always, never old, never gives it to him completely. No, nah, I mean right then and there, it's like the, um, Thomas is like, I've always wanted to hear you say that, Michael. I want to be thought of as a brother by you, especially. Yeah. I think Michael he may have meant it, but he was also trying to butter him up a little bit, make it easier for him to like to be head of the family. It's another. It's another. Uh... Manipulation tactic. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's also an experience I've had in my past where um, like I've lived with another family where 
Like I practically lived with them the whole time, and then every now and then, not so much yeah. as the movie, but every now and then, like someone within will remind me, you're not exactly. That that's another thing too. Yeah, you're not exactly family, and that's why that's exactly why Michael never gives him that full approval because he's not direct Sicilian. He's not directly. He's not blood. Blood. So and he and and that and then this scene that I just mentioned stands in stark contrast to the flashback scene at the end of the film. Where Michael reveals that he joined, the, he dropped out of college and joined the Marines. Yeah. And Michael was like, Mike. I mean, Tom was like, Mike. Your we father. Your father. Your future. We, we talked about your future. Me and your father talked about us a lot. Yeah. And Michael's like, looked at him with daggers, talking about, you talked about my father with my future. Like he's in, like like it's a subtle and cruel reminder to Tom that you're not blood. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Also. Yeah. And that sounds like y'all are planning my future. Yeah, he's like your vanity thing. Like, yeah, it's like I decide that, not the rest like of you. I'm a grown ass man. I'm gonna decide my future my own way. And that's and Vito. That's why probably Vito respected that, respected, loved him the most because he had his own mind. Yeah, he did. He yeah, did. he did. He yeah, he didn't want him involved in the family. I yeah. mean, he, he could pull strings for him, but Michael didn't want that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, he eventually came around, but he did. Yeah, yeah, but initially it's like I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. And even even and even as a Corleone, the Corleone Don, he's doing his own thing. Exactly. Exactly. But if um, had Vito been around though, things would have been differently though. I think so. Less, a whole lot less bloodshed. Less bloodshed. And I think the whole promise of the Colleone family being legitimate in like six years. It would have under Vito. I think it would have happened. It would have happened. Yeah, yeah. Michael. Because Michael is just is just cold. He's too cold and bloodthirsty. Yeah, yeah. Even even and as we see with his own family, I mean, yeah. not just his siblings or his mother, but with his wife and his kids. Yeah. I mean, he, he he told Tom to go get his son Anthony something for Christmas. It's like, what you get him? One of those toy cars. You, you tell me oh, what else shoot. so I'll know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, so you can pretend like you did it? You did it, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And then, and, um... And, and the women of the film, I mean, Fredo's wife, Deanna, I'm like, that's what you get for marrying a non-Sicilian wife. You know, a drunken that. chick who's... Who, she was a hoe. She was a hoe. She's basically cuckolding you the whole the whole time in that party yeah, to the point where Rocco... Definitely, like... Fucking other guys. Yeah, she was not hiding it. Yeah, and Rocco was like, uh, Michael says either you got to do something about this or I will. Yeah. And Fredo being weak is like, you do something. I can't yeah, control her. Yeah. yeah the, um, Connie, she's become a whole her damn self, like gallivanting around with random men and leaving her kids in the compound. I understand where she's coming from though. She said she was trying to get back at Michael, and plus, with with yeah. him killing her husband, like. Lady, that man abused the fuck out of you. Yeah, he okay, was, he did the right. He, he did the right thing. He did you a favor. And he was in cahoots with the enemy. He was, yeah. So, so he did you a favor. He got your brother killed. Yeah, yep, yep. And what's it called? Mama Corleone. She's the only sensible woman in this whole film. Very grounded. Yeah, very grounded. Even in the flashback scenes, it's like she's a, a typical. She's a traditional Sicilian woman. Yeah, yeah. Even when her husband's involved in some shady shit, she knows not to ask no questions or get yeah, involved. Exactly. I mean, if he wants her involved, he, he'll 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 tell he'll tell her. I could argue Tom is also pretty pretty like grounded too. Yeah, he's a he was raised in a Sicilian family, but yeah. but Vito made damn sure to know what's it called. You're still German Irish. You speak our language. Yeah. But what's it called? You're, you're not, still you're not blood. Basically. You're not blood and. He could never be a full conciliary, no way, since he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not Sicilian. Sicilian. Yeah, he's not Sicilian. And he's not a wartime conciliary neither. He's too peaceful. Yeah. And he knows he's how to fight with a briefcase. Good, exactly. He's good with the books. Yeah. There you go with with, with the law. With the law and very and being very subtle, like at the end of the film when Michael's talking with him and the remaining capital regimes about all their enemies that they got to get rid of, 
he sends Tom to go talk to Frankie Five Angels in jail and very subtly tell him, if you want your family to be taken care of by us, you're going to commit suicide. Yeah, exactly. Like when a plot exactly. against the emperor failed, they were given one last chance to save their families. Mm-hmm. But Tom, only the rich guys got that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then he got the meaning. It's like, don't you worry about nothing, Frankie Five Angels. Yeah. Don't worry about a thing. Yeah, your family's good. But but the whole conversation with him, they were both lamenting the fact that the Corleone Empire is not it's what it done. used to be. It's not, it's, I, but to, to be fair, it had transitioned to be more of a business entity exclusively than... More feared. You think it was more feared? I think it was more feared well, Michael out anyway. of respect when under Vito than it was when Michael was... That, that's what I'm saying, though. What's yeah. it called? There's two different kinds of fear. Like the fear out of respect and fear you have of a gun. Michael yeah. had that fear. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Vito's was more traditional respect. Yeah, he only used violence when he had to. He was to. loved. Yeah, he was loved. He was, loved, he was yeah. godfather. Yeah, he was Michael, really loved. Michael didn't have no nickname. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Michael was more vicious than his father ever was. Yeah, yeah. But what's it called? Um, what else happened? Michael's relationship with his family, his wife and his kids. Oh my God! The scene where he that argument with Kay after the Senate hearing. He really did slap. Al Pacino really did slap Diane Diane Keaton during that scene. The same way that a year later in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where Jack Nicholson was actually choking Louise Fletcher. To make it work. Yeah, she's like, and she actually told him, "Jack, choke me, choke you." Yeah, choke me. We got to make this look real. That's wild. All right, and it got them both Oscars. Yeah, it did. Great movie. We should do it one day. When you get that little red beaver right in front of you. That's my man. No man alive. That's how resist. he got the name. Shout out to high school. He, he's pointing, he pointed that out to me in that movie, the term beaver. Yeah, it became your name, dog. <laughs> you know, Nicholson said it. Nicholson just made it, made it funny. Out of respect, it became your name, bro. The scenes, the scenes I love. Vito's first, Vito Corleone, his first meeting with Clemenza and Tessio. Tessio was a good looking man when he was younger. I have oh, to admit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a handsome dude. When they're yeah. sitting at the table, I know what you mean. No, there's no pause. You're a grown ass man. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. Man. And, w- and when Vito killed Don Fanucci, Don Fanucci, that fake ass. We knew fake he was ass fake. Don, dog. He wasn't no Don. When, he wasn't doing shit. He was barely even promising protection. He was lying to him. The whole lying time. to him. And when Vito was able to lowball him and not get killed, it's like, okay, I, that's how I know this motherfucker's phony. He, get, I'm gonna get him. And like, it goes back to what you were saying. Like, even from the roots. Vito was like a really stand-up guy. Yeah. Like he was, like violence was last resort. He played really fair for the most part. Even when he got fired from his job. He yeah. Didn't, he, he, didn't, didn't, he didn't like try to avenge anything or none of that. Or even take severance, like a severance package right. from, from, from uh, Jenko's father. All right. And it, like when you watch that, you watch his historical timeline. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense when... Like, you go back to part one when they kill Santino. He's not even trying to avenge anybody. He's just like, yo, just let's quit the bloodshed and, like, try to coexist. Now, he wanted revenge. He did, but... But in front of, in front of all them. Before, yeah, he was just like, cool. But he wanted to find out who, who set him up first. Yeah. You, but he didn't, he didn't kill who actually killed him. That was Michael. Yeah, Michael said... Michael said in the deleted scene in the first film, when, him, when he got back from Sicily... Vito's revenge was more so who turned on him. Tessio. Versus, versus who actually wanted them dead. You know, you're right, because Vito mentioned was more talking about who's a traitor in the family. Exactly. That, mean, that means a lot more than... And Michael, the, yeah. and Michael did say, what's it called? You don't have to have any part in it. You, didn't give, you gave your word. I didn't give mine. Yeah, exactly. I exactly. take full responsibility. Exactly, exactly. So. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And what else? What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mike, Kay revealed that she had an abortion and she aborted the third child. 
and the, the, the just range of emotions that Al Pacino no, goes through. The like, switch in that guy. Like, really good acting. Because like, what? Then sadness. And, and then, then she, like his face anger. is, you can you see his yeah. eyes are starting to red up. His yeah. face is starting to, and like, yeah, it was really good acting. Yeah, when she yeah. just kept digging that nigga. I knew you could never forgive me, Michael. No, Not with a Sicilian thing that's been going on for 2,000 Shut up! Haymaker! <laughs> and you see, what's it called? even the chair had shit to get out of the wild, way. Yeah. The chair had to get out of the yeah, way. Yeah, shit was wild, B. But did you see what's it called? As my, he hit her with the left hand, but he, in his right hand, he still had the cigarette in between his fingers yeah. all the time. <laughs> like, that's self-control. Oh, man. I was... No offense. This is unrelated to the movie. Yeah. It is related to the movie, but unrelated to the movie. How the fuck uh-huh. did Michael go to Sicily, wife that badass Sicilian Apollonia. Joint, and then come back and decide to go back to Kate after that experience? I would have gone back and found me another Sicilian woman. It's a C- the levels, bro. Yeah, Sicilian woman was right for him. And plus, Apollonia was fine. Yeah, yeah, she was bad compared to the other Kate, Kate was too white American. Says, Apollonia, she was just right. Unseasoned, bro. Yeah, yeah, Michael, Michael, when he first saw her, he was thunderstruck, and for good reason. Unseasoned. He went back to the unseasoned flow, bro. Unseasoned, yeah. Unseasoned like white people potato salad. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just trying to figure out why he went that route. It backfired at the end, too. Mm-hmm. But there's a part three. We might do that in another season. And, and more so the historical parts, like what's it called? When they were in Cuba. When they yeah. Were, during the Cuban Revolution. Yeah, when Fidel was on, on the come up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, my, yeah, and they yeah. were ready to put some game, some some gaming or lo- money laundering shit down there. That yeah, was, yeah. Since the Cuban government would, would be favorable to that. That yeah. And then Michael, he my, starts yeah. he starts getting doubts after he saw that it's rebel. Like, yo, he saw rebels up. like yo, these motherfuckers might win this shit. Yeah, they're not Heimer scared Rob to die. Wasn't even, Heimer Rob was like, nah, nah, nah. nah. And what happened on New Year's? New Year's? What's happened? The the, the Batista Eve. Batista yeah. resigns. Yep. It leaves and then Castro takes over. Yep. And everybody in there is like, gotta get the fuck yeah, out quick. It's time to leave. That was one of the most powerful scenes in the show or the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that actually did happen. Yeah, it did. And then also how he confronted his brother. You know, how he learned of his brother portrayal at first. Yeah. Like when they're in a sex club and Fredo's like, uh, Johnny Ola taught me here. Yeah. And Michael's After like, what? he denied knowing he's just like, like and he's looking at look at this. Like, he's not just body like, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just, just fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he he got Johnny Ola, but did not get Hyman Roth. No, he didn't. Yeah. But Roth Roth was a chess master his damn self. He knew that Michael killed had Mo Green, his boy, killed mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm, first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask any questions. It's the yeah. business that we chose. Yeah, it's a business. It had nothing to do with business. He was a dirty Jew, though. That's why they in uh, Jerusalem and uh, Israel did not give him a, an asylum when he was trying to like flee. Panama, Argentina, then neither. He was dirty. Yeah, they knew he was dirty. Yeah. And Michael's like, Panama won't take him. Not for a million, not for ten. Shout out to Naeem in Panama. Yeah, now shout out to Big Body. We're gonna have you on here for for the snatch episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole the also the scene what's it called where he talks to Fredo, trying to get more information out of him. I was like, yo, do you think you think Fredo Fredo would have lived if Michael if had he been more apologetic? Because he was not sorry at all in that scene. He nah, just whined. I think Michael made his what? mind up. Like, what's it called? He was like, you took care of me? I'm the older brother and I got stepped over. I think he made his mind up, bro. I the mean, only reason why he even confronted him was because of Connie. And to get information. Yeah, and to get information. But he, he had made his mind up, though. He, he, had, he had to, because what's it called? If he let his brother live and that betrayal got around, nobody in his family and the other families wouldn't respect, respect him. Respect him, yeah. Yeah, so, he, so Fredo had to go. Yeah. Yeah, because you saw at the end when, he did, when, he, when we thought he excommunicated Fredo, he goes to Neri talking about, 
I don't want anything to happen to him. My mother's alive. I'm like, seriously? That's, that's why he purposely asked her about the whole... Um, to make sure he was doing the right thing. Yeah, like when his pop was alive. Like, yeah. Did he have to make the hard decisions? As far as, as, far as, far as like, is it possible you could lose your family? And she's like, no, you can never lose your family. When he heard that, he was like, yeah, I can't kill him in front of her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically. Or there's also the fact that she really didn't understand what he was saying. She didn't. She didn't. But he was hypothetically asking that. Yeah. And when she when he when she said though you can never lose family, which is a lie. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, it's not a lie. It's more so a facade, or yes. should I say, a delusional take. Um. When he, when she heard that he would never disrespect his mom, so he nah. was like, all right, as long as she's alive. Keep him good, but yeah, she like, doesn't want to. We, we just spare don't want to be the pain. same. We, we don't want to be. In, I don't want to be in the same place as him. Well, technically, he wasn't. He watched. Well, yeah, yeah. he watched. Yeah, and at the funeral for Mama Corleone, where it looked like he made amends with Fredo at Connie's insistence. That's because of Connie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He hugs him, and then he looks at Al Neri as if to say, "Don't get it twisted. I still want you to kill this man." Yeah, he still got to die, bro. And Al Neri was like, yeah. "Okay, okay, cool." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Connie was in on that too. Connie was in on that. You think so? I think so, yeah. Based on what's it called? Her telling telling what's it called Fredo that Anthony's gonna go to Lake Tahoe now and how she was in the third uh, film. Trying to trying to like assuage Michael's ghost. Like, no, Fredo died and he drowned Michael. He drowned like yeah, yeah. Bitch, you knew you were part of that. You might be right. I never thought about it from that angle. You might be right. By, by the third film, she is Michael, Michael she, and Vincent's conciliator. She she's very hip. Connie is She's smarter than they give her yeah, credit throughout, for. Throughout the whole movie, she's actually very hip. Um throughout the whole thing so even when he had her husband that killed she knew she knew she, she was knew. upset about it yeah she, she knew. called she called him on it though called him on it yeah she did she did she she, did. she knew it you 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 wait until father was dead until, yeah. and, 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 yeah. until you could kill him yeah. yeah she knew she knew she knew so um and other things um but um and also why send Rocco Rocco Lamponi out to kill Hyman Roth why send him when he check this out when he was in the Senate hearing, when we see the Corleone family tree, the crime family tree, Rocco was clearly designated as a capital regime, which means he's known to authorities. Yeah. Why send him out yeah, there? That, that puts you in jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Because if that had happened in real life, that would have they would have pinched call it, uh, Mike. Michael, yeah. Because it correlates back to him. Uh, even even though the Senate hearing resulted in like a, uh, he he basically derailed it with yeah. with with Vincenzo Pantangeli being there. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? It's still known. I mean, yeah. certain law enforcement agencies know about his family. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that, that 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 didn't make no sense to me. Sending Rocco, send one of send a soldier, no name yeah, soldier. Exactly. The thing is, well, would a no name soldier have access to? It was an airport. Oh yeah, that's true. And a bunch of press were there, so that's he could disguise true. himself as a, as yeah. a as a reporter. Great point. That's true. Yeah, that it's, wasn't I, thought out very well. Yeah, yeah. and like and like. Uh, and and the, and the theory was that Rocco he he allowed the hit on the Corleone camp, compound, so this is his way of making amends. Because when they're discussing the hit on all the remaining Corleone enemies, mm-hmm. Hyman Roth, Tom disputes that what's it called that it's impossible to get him. Michael says no. Then it looks at Rocco, who says you know, one of the few lines that he has throughout the whole yeah, Godfather series. Yeah. Difficult. That's one of my favorite scenes because it's it's so real. Difficult, not impossible. It, especially when he refers to. How if history has ever taught us anything is... You can kill anybody. And it's absolutely correct. Till today. Yeah, <laughs> till today. And the other intriguing part about it was there was Michael's motivations when Tom tries to reason with him. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. 
Do you have to wipe everybody out? Yeah. I don't feel I have to wipe yeah, everybody out, Tom. Just my enemies. Just my enemies. That's, that's all. That's all. I mean, but you make an enemy out of everybody, shout though. Out, shout out to Currency Spitter Andretti. He actually has a big state called um, Drive Through Theater. Yeah. And they have different excerpts from this movie. So if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah, that was one of the scenes. Another scene in that in that uh, mixtape was when Heimer Roth brought out the birthday cake. Oh yeah. It's like uh, make sure everybody gets a look at it exactly. before they get a piece. Exactly. Exactly. That's on there too. Um, Hyman Roth. Yeah. Um. um what else? <laughs> Michael bringing Vincenzo Pantangeli there was not just a scare, Frank into not testifying, but it was also a way of saying, I didn't I didn't try to have you hit. Because if I did, your brother would not be here with me right now. He'd be trying to kill me. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. One, and then two, there's that element of tradition that you don't snitch. Yeah, like, yeah, the uh, the, the, the Costa Nostra. Costa Nostra code, and like having his brother, who's actually like eligible, like he has, even though he's not a he's not a dog. Like he said, his brother could have been, like he said, his brother could have been like a big deal. But he, he could have been. So he has that respect for him. So he's yeah. like, nah, I'm not going to snitch in front of my brother. So. And, the, and the whole ending of the whole hearing, Tom Hagen just goes very handy. Like, this committee owes an apology. <laughs> this committee owes an apology, Senator. <laughs> and then he starts speaking sincerely into what's it called, Vincenzo. El honor de la familia es aposto. Es aposto. Yeah. Okay, let's bounce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now Michael ends up alone at the end of the film despite being victorious. Yeah. He alienated everybody, his family, his crime family. It's like, what else is there for you to do now? Yeah. It's a very perfect victory, especially when juxtaposed to how his father got things done. Absolutely. And his father, yeah, he was a vengeful motherfucker too. He waited 20 years, over 20 years to kill the guy that Don't killed his, yeah, that, that killed his family. Yeah. Antonio Andolini. But he had to do that. He had to, yeah. Because that was the route to get his olive oil. Mm-hmm. Get that guy out of the way. Get it out of the way. And then we see how his boy Don Tomasino, how he was well, how what was wrong with him, how he ended up in a wheelchair. Yeah, when they shot him on the way out. Uh huh. The way out. Yeah. yeah. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. It's a really, it? it's a really good movie. Um, it's three hours, three and a half hours, but you don't feel it because it's so well done. Yeah, you're just engrossing it. You want to see what happens next. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's. Yeah. And oranges, oranges are like a motif of death in the film. Michael's eating an orange when he's meeting with Tom and the capital regimes, discussing who needs to get got. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. It was like I said, like we just said, it's a good yeah. film. It's a sequel among sequels. Anytime a sequel is better than the original, it's compared yeah. to The Godfather Part Two. Sequel and prequel. Mm-hmm. And just, all in one. Just like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, technically. That was a sequel and a prequel. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, but uh, I recommend. I already, I already. Somebody was gonna watch this. I already told him. They've never seen it. So never I'm like, saw it. Never saw it. So I'm like, yeah, just prepare for a mastery in like just about every aspect in, in movies. Yeah, watch a masterclass in film, in filmmaking, directing, acting, cinematography, history, all put together in one. Storytelling is character building. Mm-hmm. It's just it's very complete. It's very complete. I mean, there are some questions you have here and there, like, like how Sai proposed the whole idea of if 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 um the assassin of um uh, of Hyman Roth should have been a soldier, not yeah, rock, not yeah. a capo. The capo directly links back, tra- traces back to um mm-hmm. to uh, Michael. Then yeah, he should have been pinched, but clearly after part three, you see he's not. So. 
There, there, there are definitely some questions here, but and they made and, and they Ooh. made a part three. If they made part three during the seventies, I think it would have been a better film than what we got. I think, so. I think it's a decent movie, but the first two are so good yeah. that it, it kind of derails it a bit. But in modern times, it's still a good movie. It's still a good movie. We might. We're going to cover the Godfather Part 3 in the three. future. Why not, since we've done 1 and 2, right? So, yeah, yeah, we got to. Um, and plus, we we, we, we got to cover Jordan Peele's first movie, Get Out, since we already covered his last two. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. First, furthermore, what are your favorite scenes before we move on? In the Godfather Part 2? I feel like we've taken a lot of time in this, yeah, but it's a good movie. It's a good so, film, yeah. So, yeah. The um When Don Corle- when Vito Corleone, when he assassinates uh, Don Fanucci, I miss the Little Italy religious march. Yeah, when he cuts him up. He, not, not, no, no, no. Oh, Don Fanucci in, in New York. In New York, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So shoots him, and because he got a big mouth, he put the gun in his mouth and yeah, shot yeah, him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just tears the yeah, gun apart, puts him down chimneys. He's like, well, you ain't got to worry about no forensic evidence. Yeah. Fingerprints, that didn't exist back then. Yeah, exactly. exactly. A- a- ain't no Irish cops going to go in no Italian neighborhood. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So um, you good. You good either way. Yeah, that's a good scene. And plus, the whole neighborhood probably knew you did it, So, but they were they had your back anyways. Yeah, they, they all hated Fanucci. Exactly. Uh, Tom, um, the scene where what's it called? Tom, Michael, Al Neary, and Rocco were discussing the whole the hit on everybody. If you can kill anybody anytime, anywhere. Yeah, that that's, whole scene. That, that's one of my favorite scenes, actually. Too. And absolutely, it's a great scene. And because it's real, but it's also great. Yeah. Indeed, and the scene. Where, oh, where Frank Pantangeli, where he gets where he gets set up. Michael Corleone says hello. The Rosado brothers try to kill him. One of those one of those Rosado brothers was Danny Aiello. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was real young back then. Back I mean, R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, he was Sal from a Do the Right Thing. Do the right thing. You want your boy? Hit your boy cut up your ass. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's a good scene too. Um, what are yours? Um, outside of the one you said, um, New Year's Day or New Year's Eve in Cuba, in, in Cuba when um. He confronts Fredo. Very, very powerful. Oh yeah, that that they 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 show that scene in like what's it called in like like greatest movie scenes ever is when he gives him the Sicilian kiss of death. Yeah, because it's passionate, but he knows that he has to take him out. He mm-hmm. clearly loves his brother, but he's so heartbroken. Yeah, you broke my heart, Fredo. You, you see a mix of emotions in that one scene. There's he's anger, anger, hurt, hurt, and sadness about what he knows. Because he, has he to do loves next. him. Yeah, he loves him. He clearly loves him. Um, that one. Um, uh, let me think. The last scene was also pretty deep. The deep. very, very last scene. Where he's sitting in the park by himself? Or no, the no, 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 no. The, the one before that, sorry. The flashback the scene. The flashback scene was very deep. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it comes full circle. Um, because at and, that and point, f- at that point, you want to be a straight, like, American, Caucasian. And Fredo, and ironically, Fredo was the only one that, like, supported him on that. Yeah, I mean, technically, he's still Caucasian being Italian, but... Yeah, but uh, American. American, yeah. Yeah. Like Irish American or, or just just a wa- Anglo-Saxon. waspy English Anglo-Saxon, yeah, Anglo-Saxon, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, one to fit in with the whole American yeah, dynamic, exactly. Um, yeah, Fredo was the only one that supported him on that. Ironically, yeah, ironically, yeah, very much so. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a very deep scene. Um, and then uh, let me think. There's probably one more. Maybe the part where uh, uh, he keeps he keeps oh Josh yeah. and Tom. Like, why do you hurt me, Mike? <laughs> I've been loyal to you. Yeah. The whole time. That was a very deep scene, too. Another one, another deep scene was once it called when um, Kay wanted to see the kids after she Oh, he just f- comes out and just closes comes the out. door. 
That's not a power a good, move. Just didn't say scene. nothing. Like fuck you. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was that was oh my serious. God, that was that was a power move. That was serious. Like I'm like that was that was like the the the, the 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 last stamp. Like I'm done with you, bitch. Leave. Yeah, I mean, you just aborted his kid after you told him if you lied and said you lost a child. Even Anthony didn't want to speak to her. Yeah. He probably knew. Yeah. yeah. Anthony, come hug your mother. Like, Anthony, will you come hug your mother? Uh-huh. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Yeah. How he just comes just calmly. Just comes in calmly. Just calmly and just, no emotion. No emotion. Just walks. Just looks right at her in the eye. Just closes the door. And slams the door on her. It's like. Yeah. Like he kind of deserved it though. Yeah. Because you asked too many questions for one thing. If he was Sicilian, he wouldn't have this problem. She could come back to Sicily, though. He could get him another Apollonia. There you go. Mm-hmm. You would have been happy and you would have had better sex. <laughs> Probably. She looked like she just... Kate just looked like she just lays there like a deer in headlights. I don't know. Maybe she's just not attractive to me, so... She's not. She's not attractive. I never considered Diane Keaton attractive, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. She became a Corleone. But that's not here nor there. Great movie, go watch. Great movie, yeah. Godfather Part Two. Watch it, whoever wants to watch it with me. I know one of y'all want to watch it with me. Somebody does. All right, shall we? Yeah, next one. Next, we're going to talk about the rise and fall of the New World Order. My shades just for this one. The New World Order, the faction. Oh yeah. Yes, I mean this began. You can't even see it, but I got it up there, dog. They see you. They see you. They see you. Real quick, go ahead. Yeah, this all began when Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon. He leaves WWF and comes to WCW and wages war in 96. Takeover. Kevin Nash, Diesel, is not that far behind. Then the Bash at the Beach, 96. Hulk Hogan, he joins him as well, too, in a shocking turn of events. Hogan's always been a face. That's when he turned to a bad guy. That was a big event in pro wrestling. Best move in his career. (laughs) That's coming from a guy who hates Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah, Hogan. Let me see this. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, Hogan was en route to his second WCW world title. And when he got it, oh, he took the spray can and sprayed NWO over it. And Eric Bischoff on screen, who was a WCW, not the president, but... Because they still had J.J. Dillon. Yeah, they still had J.J. Dillon. He was on the rise. He was on the rise. Yeah, Yeah. backstage, he was basically the the main booker for WCW. And on screen, it was revealed that he was allied with the NWO. So that's when he gave the, the rest of WCW an ultimatum. Join us or fuck you. Plenty of people joined at that point. Takeover. Mm-hmm. Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton, uh, Vincent, and um, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, previously joined. I think that's when it started. Well, keep going. Go ahead. And, uh, they, and, and then they eventually, who else they have? Dennis Rodman, Six, the, who used to be the one, two, three kid in the WWF. Six Pac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Six Pac, um, what's it called? Hall and Nash. They were the original Wolfpack within the NW within the NWO. Yeah. Put it to you like this for you '80s kids out there. What's it called? The Dreadnoks uh, of Cobra. They were basically the Wolfpack of the NWO. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Shout out to Side for that one. Yeah. And Macho Man joining as Super Brawl of uh, of '97, early '97. That for me, when I saw that at the time, I was like, this is more of a, this is more of a matter of fuck it. If you can't beat him, join him. Because he got his ass beat by the New World Order so many times. So many times. And his getting his ass beat was a catalyst for the New World Order. Fuck Sting. But keep going. Yeah, fuck Sting. Mm. Uh, Yeah, what's it called? Sting. Yeah, Sting was like, he reinvented himself during the takeover of the NWO. Made himself, got rid of all his multicolored, blonde-haired gimmick. I'm the crow. I'm the crow. Yeah, the crow. (laughs) And him coming down from the ceiling was cool, but it's like, 
You beating the NWO like that, I, I didn't buy that. I could not buy that. What y'all could jump him easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that that was the beginning of the end for that. That's like I was. That started to piss me off. The beginning of the end of the he end. He was beating like premier superstars by himself. There was like ten of them. Yeah, many in that ring that he should not have beat legitimately. Man, Savage, David, Paul, David Dean. He he, our to, friend David was used, a big used stink. To love that shit. That shit used to piss me off because it destroyed the image of wrestling being good. Anyway, they didn't sell it to you. Basically, that's what it was. They didn't, they, you couldn't. You weren't sold on that. Hell no. There's no way his one his loan himself could destroy the top talent in wrestling. Yeah, one of my favorite NWO moments was when they added Dennis Rodman. And what's it? Rodzilla? Yeah, Rodzilla, yeah. <laughs> and, and War Games, War Games of 97, or what's it called? Ric Flair set it up for the four horsemen to be against the four NWO members. Hall, I mean, Nash, Conan, Buff Bagwell, and Six. And Kurt Henning, I just knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. He jumped shift to the NWO. I just knew it. But it made me happy, though. It made me yeah, happy, though. The yeah, four horsemen yeah. got destroyed. Yeah, yeah. As a child, oh, Younger, yeah. yeah, we were kids. We were kids, yeah. Um, it, it seemed great, but I think when they started integrating all these players or wrestlers, it, it kind of ruined the mystique and the prestige of the takeover. It should have been just like a limited amount of people joining. I mean, by 97, 97, late 97, that's when I thought they reached their apex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Rick Rude, he was the last one to yeah, join. I'm, like, I'm so cool with this, I'm cool with this. Then they just started adding all these. It's like, Dusty man, Rhodes, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't like him being there. Because it came just out, out of nowhere. And naturally, we even, as kids, we started to tune out. I was like, that's a bit much. Yeah. Scott Scott, Scott Steiner. Yeah, Big Papa Pump. Big Papa Pump. At that point, it was bullshit to me, man. Because when he joined, and the next night, he comes out with that bleach blonde uh, bleach blonde haircut, and his muscles are all bigger Unlimited, than they were the night before. Unlimited steroids. Big Papa Pump is your hookup. Holla, if you hear me, I'm like... Unlimited steroids. i never seen a man with that many, that many steroids in wrestling. What does Cito used to say? Our boy Cito used to say, mm-hmm. Big Papa Pump is on steroids. Holla, if you see him. <laughs> that ain't gonna be too hard. Unlimited steroids, dog. That thing was crazy. Like, like, yeah, dog. Big ripped. Papa Pump. He was, he was ripped. Ripped and like... I'm not gonna say it's a pause statement, but yeah, he was, he was, he was a... He looked like a walking hard-on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's what he looked like—a walking boner. Yeah, he was—he was, yeah, he was—he was out of control with the steroids. Yeah. I think—I think they—they they said it started to affect like his rage. Probably, like on and off the camera and shit. Probably because the Steiner brothers. Remember how they used to be, even in the WWE. His brother was my favorite Steiner, by the way, Rick. Rick, yeah, the, the dog faced gremlin. Yeah. yeah, remember how they used to be like University of Michigan varsity wrestling yeah, lettermen. Yeah, yeah. yeah his brother was a better wrestler, like pure like. Olympic wrestling, like Greco-Roman wrestling. He was actually uh, Rick, right? Rick, Rick was, yeah, Rick was a better one. Yeah, I think he won. He was Olympic. It was Olympian, I think, almost. I think so. Yeah. And let me ask you this though: What the Steiner brothers? Was their move the Steiner recliner or the or the Frankensteiner? Was that was those any of their moves at all? Do you recall? The Frankenstein, I think it was. Yeah, the Steiner recliner, I think that was. Yeah, the Frankenstein, I think was it. No, the Frankenstein was that the bulldog? I think on it the may top have been. rope. I think one. Of, I think Scott held the opponent on the rope. Yeah. And then Rick would do the bulldog from the top rope, if that, I'm correct. That's Steiner Recliner. That was Steiner Recliner. What was the Frankensteiner? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because when I, so I, when I, so rewind it back, when I first discovered them, yeah. WCW in like 91, Yeah. their signature move was the uh, Frankensteiner. But I think that was, 
Frankensteiner was was what's his face's move alone. Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner, yeah. which was just a bulldog. Okay. And I think the Steiner recliner is when they were well, on the ropes. Yeah. 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 Okay, so, that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, and you know, beginning in '98, what's it called? After Hogan lost the belt, that's when Hogan and Macho Man started feuding. And that led to the split, the black and white and the red and black Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. The Wolfpack, that, that went downhill. It's beginning of the end, dog. It, when, it, when you look back in retrospect, they should have stayed white and black. They should have stayed white and black. I mean, because the red and black, it's like Macho Man got injured. And, and then what's it called? He was out for a long time yeah. and never came back. Yeah, it was just the outsiders holding it down for them. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. just, it was just Kevin Nash, Conan, and Lex Luger. Yep. Yep. Sting, I mean him. Him joining us, like God, it's a, it's like a fan service move. I started to tune out after that, dog. I did too. I mean, I started paying attention more to WWF at that point. That's when W, yeah, they started to gain their their ranks. They, they regained their momentum, yeah, yeah. yeah. because '96 and '97, WCW was kicking the WWF's ass. Yeah. Every Monday night, Vince McMahon was fucking shitting rocks. Yeah. So and then that probably was led it was led him to do the fucking Montreal screw job mm-hmm. as a catalyst to get them back over through that controversy. I think no, it worked. I think it worked. Screwjob was what, 97 or 98? 97. Oh, okay. The Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah so that might have worked. Because Shawn Michaels and then the D-Generation X kind of was built from that, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that kind of helped them bring back. And also, also the other things that, that went on in WCW, like post-Wolfpack, uh, you got the finger poke of doom. Which yeah, was like another, that bullshit. I, was, I don't was, even think I was watching wrestling by then. You were you. It was ninety nine. You were still watching it a little like bit. A little bit. Cause yeah. I, I didn't even remember. The, I didn't remember the freaking Poker Doom until we actually did. I was like, wait, that actually happened. I don't remember it. The one thing I remember. So I started to phase out around there. Cause I remember the the one thing I do remember you watching in ninety nine was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, the, the cage match between McMahon and Stone Cold. Every time you try to leave, McMahon's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come back. Yeah, that that I mean, even then I was I was I think I think I was dialed back into WWF. So yeah, the um and even and even then the Attitude Era it wasn't as great as it was in '98, '99. They were doing some things, but it's like it became more like I kept uh, watching out of and just like titties and shit. Yeah, by '99, yeah, when they started doing that on fucking what's it called, pay per views. Sable and then uh, the Cat, Miss Kitty or whatever, and even Mae Young. Ugh. <laughs> like her titties look like a fucking prosthesis. Yeah, it became a TNA type of show after, like just I soft core porn almost. I stopped watching in two thousand and one because when they bought out all their competition, there was no reason for them to try to be good no more. I think by the end of ninety nine was when I stopped. Like early two thousand, I was done. Yeah, you were done. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, I was done. The shit was terrible. Yeah, and they tried to bring back the NWO concept after the, after the finger poke of doom because what they did with the finger poke of doom, they tried to like uh, tried like a loose reunion of the NWO, black and white and the red and black, mm-hmm. and they started kicking certain members out or treating them like B level members, uh-huh. right? And by and by late '99, they tried to reintroduce the concept and have like four members: just Bret Hart, Scott Steiner. Bret Hart, he's not even built for that kind of shit. Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett. Bret Hart is too good to be. He's a, too good. Yeah, he's too too nice of a guy to be NWA. Even even when they tried to bring the NWO concept back after WCW got bought out, and they tried to do Hogan, Nash, Hall, and even Shawn Michaels, I'm like, this is not legit. It's not. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, the NWO died when what's it called? The um around the time of the Wolfpack. Yeah, exactly. It should have just kept it minute and exclusive. They would have gone far. They would have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and looking at the NWO it was like a takeover. 
Yeah, they were basically the WWF taking over the WCW because mm -hmm. most of the NWO wrestlers were guys who made their made a name for themselves in the WWF. Exactly. That must have been a bitter time for Vince because I was like, I'm, I made these motherfuckers and look at them. Uh huh. Take and, my ratings away. And you got one that was named after you, Vincent. I know. That that was done on purpose as yeah. a jab to, to McMahon. Was that Virgil? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like Virgil was supposed to be a jab at a uh, Dustin Runnels. Dusty Rhodes. That's his real name, Virgil Runnels. Uh, I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. uh, I see. Virgil Vincent. What's his real name? Michael Jones. That's Virgil's real name? Mm hmm. Funny guy. Michael Jones. Another. Huh. Well, shout out to him, I guess. Um, yeah, it wasn't effective when they tried to restart it. Just like DX, any iteration of DX after 99 doesn't work. No. It was a good era, though. It was a great yeah, era. Yeah, this shit doesn't work no more. Yeah, 98 was a glass great year of pro wrestling for me. Duh, we was walking around school like, hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> Shout out to my man Fred, dog. <laughs> we was on that. <laughs> Shout out to my man Fred with the suck it joint. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I had, I had a, my 10th grade, I think I had every DX shirt out there. I was a big fan. Yeah, you were. I remember <laughs> Degeneration X. Shout out to my bro Fred. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, but yeah. Um, we, yeah, they, I think they just, they just overdid the faction and it ended up being their downfall. Yeah, honestly. we we met we met the the original Wolfpack back in 2017. Yeah, rest yeah, in peace, Hall. Hall, rest in yeah. peace, Hall. Yeah, six. I mean, Sean Waltman. Yeah, yeah Kevin we Nash. Him. We met Nash. We met Shawn Michaels. Michaels. Yeah, yeah they, they, and the click, the click. Yeah, four out of five members of the click. Triple yeah. H wasn't Triple there. Triple H wasn't there. Yeah. Probably cost too much money to get him. Yeah, uh, he was a billionaire at that time, being part of the family. Yeah, um, he married in the McMahon family. Um, yeah, he 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 um he he chose well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet every time he smashes, we saw people that no longer exist there outside the hall. I think Lex Luger is one. Lex Luger's still alive. Oh, he's alive. Yeah, he's just wheelchair confined. Oh, but it's Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov, and he lived nearby that 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 that, that um, the venue Maryland? too. Yeah, okay. he lived nearby there, so it was no thing for him to show up there frequently. Was he really Russian? Huh? Nikolai was really Russian. Okay, it was the other one that was a false. Or Boris Zukov. Yeah. yeah, he's from Minnesota. <laughs> I think I think he went to school with all the Minnesota boys: Rick Rude, Kurt Henning, uh, Barry Darso. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the NWO. Yeah, it was good for '96 to '98. Yeah, back when they were really kicking good the ratings' time, asses. Man. Yeah, good times. They were influential. They were the faction that was influential in school. When middle school was called, some of our boys in the neighborhood were like form an NWO clique and just like try. Yeah. They wouldn't try to jump we, people, we, but we, we were heavy in that junk. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember I used to make my Christmas lights like in the form of NWO. <laughs> like I, I like line them up in that sense, in that way. New, 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 new world order for life. Great times, bro. And Macho Man had his own, his own, his NWO theme music had a ooh yeah. That shout out to rest in peace, Jimi Hendrix. That's one of the greatest theme songs in wrestling history, dog. Yeah, Hogan made it his own, made it his own. And also, he actually plays a guitar for real, right? Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, he's but like, he didn't play it on that. That was oh no, him. that was that was Jimmy. It was Jimmy. But yeah. like he actually plays the guitar for real. But that, 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 that that's another thing. Using licensed music like that, I'm not seeing WWE. How did they get away with it? They probably paid Hendrix's they, estate. They, they just got it. But here's the thing, though. They were like they couldn't really make any music of their own. So a lot of their theme music for certain wrestlers sounded very familiar, like Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. 
the Lion Tamer theme music, that sounded like Even Flow by Pearl Jam. DDP, uh, yeah. Nirvana. Nirvana. Smells like Teen Spirit, yeah. Shit was like a rip. Uh, it was, you could hear it. Rest in peace, Kirk. And speaking of DDP, Macho Man, while he was NWO, that, that, his feud with DDP was one Even of the best Savage's things. Even Savage's theme was a British prong song. It's like, that's not, that's not like a what, royal. The, the pomp and circumstance? His, his song, it's, a, it's actually British. That's British? Yes. <laughs> the theme song that he used from the beginning of time was actually from England. Yeah, pomp and circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. You're, and you're right. That is, they probably licensed to use that too, unless they made their own. More than likely, yeah. And Hogan, his original theme music was Ravishing by Bonnie Tyler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, you did. That, that also became the theme song for uh, the cartoon. Yeah, it was. The, yeah. the, the rock and roll yeah, wrestling. Rock and roll. That was a dope song. For the intro for cartoon. It was, yeah. I mean, Hogan used an instrumental for... He used an instrumental that, in a song that, for his Do you ever watch music. the cartoon? Do you remember it? Vaguely. I, well, I remember it well. It was a decent cartoon. I can probably find it on YouTube. His they heels were... were Junkyard Piper. Dog? No, his, those, were his, those were his friends. Junkyard Dog, Andre at the time was good. Oh, yeah, before. Uh, Andre, Junkyard Dog. I can't remember who else. Mr. Wonderful? Superfly. Superfly was also there. Mr. Wonderful was a bad guy. He was with, with Piper. Okay. Mr. Wonderful and Iron Sheik was also one of the bad guys. Most of those guys are dead now. Yep. 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 Mr. So. Wonderful. I, it was a pleasure meeting him. Greatest Powell Driver performer of all time. And he won that match. He won that match between him and Hogan, that steel cage match on Saturday night's main yeah, event. He, he hit the, his feet hit the ground first. first. Yeah, he pauses just right. He wins. Hogan might be the GOAT as far as making wrestling what it is, but he's... Still not my favorite. None of mine either. I mean, the in-ring performers that put on a fucking hell of a show. Yeah. The technical wrestlers, they're my yeah, favorite. Yeah. Bret Hart. Yeah, and plus, him. and plus, they're stand-up guys too. Although, I will say, Shawn Michaels, I love watching him in the ring. He's a hell of a wrestler. He's a hell of a wrestler. But he would not, he would not put anybody over. And he, and he was too into playing backstage politics back then. That's exactly. He had no compunction. Ironically, <laughs> ironically. Ironically. Monty Jannetty is a better wrestler than Shawn Michaels. You think so? Yes. It's a better technical wrestler than Shawn Michaels. Just go revisit your matches as the rocker. He just didn't have the charisma. Yeah, to that's sell, true. To, to sell himself. Shawn Michaels had charisma. I mean, they were, they, they were, when they worked together, they were yeah. just so in sync. Like, elbow. Jannetty was by far the better tech, well, I won't say by far, but he was a better technical wrestler than Shawn Michaels. Just watch the rocker's matches again. He's a, definitely the better of the two. I mean, they were, as Gorilla Monsoon often described them, as tag team specialists. Yeah, yeah. Like when they would elbow yeah. drop somebody, then flip up at the same time. Yeah. And then yeah. like super sweet chin music somebody. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Good God. Jannetty was a very, very, very good technical wrestler. He just wasn't, didn't have the charisma. No, he didn't. Some, yeah, that's the only difference. So. Yeah, the, yeah, NWO though, like we, we, we hold a candle to how it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're the one that had influence. The good times. Mm-hmm. The good times. I, you remember when we, were, when we were in high school, what's it called? In 10th grade, how the class in 99, their senior shirt was SWO, Senior World Order. And on the back of it, it said uh, 2000, 2001, 2002, suck it. Oh, that was great. I don't even remember that, but that's a great concept. Yeah, they, they, had, they had ill shirts. The, the, the classes that came before us, really, not only did they have good senior pranks, but they were just... Fucking class sucked. Bro. Our class sucked. You see our senior class shirt? I don't care. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it either. It's a senior thing. Hmm. Unseasoned. <laughs> unseasoned, yeah. Our fucking class was unseasoned, bro. 
I'll just keep it like that. Uh, I know what he means. I, I know what you mean. Like I'll just keep it like that. Um, but yeah, the classes before, I even feel like the class afterwards was cooler. Oliver and them. Uh, yeah, were, were I mean, dope, were a doper te- were a doper class. And, and plus, they already they, they they had their their if not or if not already they had their twenty reunion this year. Where where we at? Yeah, I know. Uh, shout out to uh, some of the people in our class were cool though. Those uh, who you know. I still I still fuck with some of the people from our but in general our class was unseasoned. Yeah, it's like we didn't do much of anything. And it's yeah. like Beach Week was like did you ever go to Beach Week? Nah, bro. I was me, done. Me neither, me neither. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's we got move one on. more to one go. One more to go, yeah. yeah. We're gonna talk about The Last of Us. Let me see this. Go ahead, bro. You got it. Okay, The Last of Us, the first season aired in mid January through mid March of this year. It's an HBO series that's about a post apocalyptic drama. And it was created by Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Mm-hmm. It was based on a 2013 video game developed by Naughty Dog. And the series is set 20 years into a pandemic that's caused by a mass fungal infection. Mm-hmm. And it causes his host to transform into zombie-like creatures with fungus heads. And society collapses, essentially. Very apocalyptic. Yeah, the series follows, follows Joel, played by Pedro Pascal, who's a smuggler who's tasked with escorting an, a teenager named Ellie, who's immune to the whole the whole zombie apocalypse virus. Mm-hmm. He's trying to take her across post-apocalyptic America to see some doctors so they can synthesize a cure from her blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Last of Us was filmed in Alberta, Canada from 2021 to 2022. And Red it was- Heart. I said, Actually, Calgary, yeah, Alberta. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. Good catch. And it was the first HBO series that's to be based in the video game. And it was done jointly with a Sony Pictures and PlayStation. Yes, uh, Druckmann, he wrote and corrected the original game. He wrote and directed the original game. And Mazin assisted with the screenwriting for all nine of the ten, all nine episodes of the first season. Mm. Let's see. The guest stars include Nico, Nico Parker as Joel's daughter, Sarah. Merle Dandridge as the Resistance daughter, Marlene. Gabriel Luna as, oh yeah, that was Gabriel Luna as uh, Joel's brother, uh, Tommy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I, 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 I know I recognize him, but yeah, now he, just he comes, he with comes the name back was. later on in the show. Yeah. Yeah. The show, the show achieved a lot of critical acclaim, and they call it the best adaptation of a video game. It's nominated for several awards, including 24 Emmy nominations, so we'll see what it does in September. Good point. Mm-hmm. And it was renewed for a second season. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it was, huh? Mm-hmm. It was already renewed, yep. Good to know. I mean, based on how it ended, yeah, with a yeah, little... Yeah, it's a little open. Like, it's a little open. It's like she she knows that that wasn't called lying. that Joel was lying He's yeah. Lying, yeah. And the whole zombie apocalypse thing, I mean, this is a new twist on it with the whole fungal infection and whatnot. But I swear, The Walking Dead they have a monopoly on that. I still don't want. It's too many. There were too many seasons. I gave that, up on. That, that's why I, dis- I was discouraged to even watch the shows. I, I gave up it's on what, it after season six. It's on like twelve now or some shit. I, no, I think it ended. There's like ended. spinoffs for it now. Okay. So but but I gave up after episodes after after season six. Couldn't do it, bro. Yeah, it just got too much for me. It's like, this can go on forever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's violent for just the sake of being violent now. I'm not making any kind of philosophical point about violence. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they turn, what's it called? When we first see the, the this episode, it's like they turn Boston into a damn quarantine zone. And also, speaking of quarantine, what they did in the initial stages of the pandemic to get rid of... the they said they were taking certain families to quarantine areas, but they were the government was really just shooting them dead. Yeah, yeah. Like this is some Stalin firing squad shit. Straight Stalin flow. Uh huh. Also, the uh, and their logic was uh, dead people they can't infect anybody. Ah, 
Yeah, that's yeah. true. But, that's true, but, but yeah. There's always a button there. It's inhumane, yeah, because we saw the remains of of that of that once once what's it called when Joel and uh, Ellie came upon it. And we see like a baby a baby uh, yeah carriage or whatever. It's like yeah. they really did that. Kill baby, bro. That's not far fetched though. No, it's not far fetched. Yeah, it's not far fetched. And what's it called? Um, the compound, the small town compound where we see Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill met Frank. Yeah. And it's a standalone episode that showed like a love story within the apocalypse between two guys. Oh yeah. And had a very tear jerking ending as well too. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that episode. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to them too. They tried. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes is what's it called when they um when they when they had to fight all those zombies that are coming up from underground. Yeah, yeah. at nighttime with the lady. Mm-hmm. Lady that was trying to avenge her son's death. Yeah. I forget her name. You know, but yeah, that was a crazy scene. That was, they all just coming out, and we see that the the the, the fucking the mushrooms give them like scale type of armor. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Body armor. Exactly. Exactly. It's like wow. How can they beat these people? Yeah. It's, yeah. Suicidal almost. Yeah. The thing that. There were some scenes that, uh, well, anyway, keep going and I'll, I'll touch on the scenes that. Uh, no, keep going. Go, 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 go. I think the scene that like stood out for me was the little black kid when he was infected and. Oh yeah. That was sad because he was a good he was a good kid just trying to survive and thought he found a friend. Well, he did find a friend. That's what they did in Walking Dead too. That's what happened there too. Oh yeah, a, same a black, shit. A, yeah, black kid. He gets bitten by by the by one of the zombies. Yeah. Thinking he found a friend with the group. Yeah. It's like. He turns. Damn. But they kill him before he turns. Okay, yeah. Unfortunately, he, she thought she could give him the cure by just giving him some of his blood on the shit, but nah. it was deeper than I think it was neural for her. So, um, yeah, he had to go. That was a bit sad because you kind of like, you kind of like fell for that character. Um, and another one, well, that's a theme. So yeah. I guess when, once you're done addressing, I'll just touch on that. The um, the scene where they're, they're in that, um, I think they're in a steakhouse or whatever. Mm-hmm. An abandoned steakhouse, and Ellie, she encounters a the, a guy named David, who's a leader of the group that's in the steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And Ellie's being especially nice to her. It's like not because he cares, but because he's a pedophile. Oh yeah, he yeah, tried, yeah, that was weird. And she rather die fighting. I remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's part of a cannibal cult. A yeah, cannibal cult. And he that's was a, he was he was a pedophile. And when he saw her fight, he was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna cook you then, or mm-hmm. eat you, whatever the fuck." That's another thing, and that's another Walking Dead thing too, right there. Terminus, because they had a, a group of a group of humans yeah. who wanted to shelter people after the zombie apocalypse, but those humans turned on them and ate some of their people, and it gave them the idea: fuck it, to survive, we got to either eat, they either join us or they feed us, and they became cannibals. Uh, that's from Walking Dead too. Huh? Mm-hmm. I wonder when was the video game made? The video game was made in 2013. I wonder if these concepts were in there. I don't, I don't. I don't know. know. I don't know. I, so which one came first? They might have. Walking Dead might have got the concept from them. Walking Dead came first. Yeah. When, when, when did Walking? Well, this was from PlayStation One, right? Uh, PlayStation. They just said PlayStation. So that's probably PlayStation One. Yeah, Walking Dead was based on a comic at first. It came out in the two thousands, and the show started to come out. When was it? Oh. Two thousand nine or two thousand ten? Well, PlayStation also came out in the nineties, right? Yeah, PlayStation came out in the nineties. I, that's a good question. I'm gonna check out when this what when this game dropped and for what console. If it was from PlayStation, then it's before Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah. They had to go all over the country. These people, Kansas City, yeah, Salt Lake they City. Were, they were migrating like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. All to get to this one area mm-hmm. in hopes of getting 
getting what's her face Ellie's blood. Yeah. Hmm. And how that ends is funny. And they found what's it called a giraffe in like some post-apocalyptic magical moment or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, what else? And Joel's still reeling from the fact that his daughter got killed at the beginning of the film during the apocalypse. Yeah, that kind of haunts him and like drives his motive and I guess rationale as the movie continues. Yep. And we later learn <coughs> from the Firefly Patrol, a group of rebels, yeah. that uh, Ellie, it turns out that what's it called? Um, the cures actually can work. The cure can work. They can synthesize the cure, but the bad news is it would kill Ellie. And uh, Joel was not trying to have that. That's right. Because he had already lost a daughter. He'd fallen in love. Fall in love with this girl. Fall in love with this girl. He's like quite a attached. Son. Yeah, he's very attached. And given that he failed to to keep his daughter alive, he was determined to keep her. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't doing it twice. He turns on the fireflies once he breaks free. So even if it means shooting up a hospital full of uh, full of arguably good guys who are just trying to save the world. Yeah. So he had to choose between saving mankind or keeping his, his now adopted daughter alive. Yeah, he ruthlessly murdered everybody in that yeah. building just to stop the surgery. Yeah, so he keeps her alive. He chooses her instead of the betterment of mankind. And that's an interesting concept because I wonder what we would do as individuals. He basically doomed mankind with that pretty much. If I were to do something like that, like if I were to probably pick between mankind and like my child, if I would if I were to go ahead and pick mankind, I would commit suicide thereafter. Because <laughs> I probably I know I probably wouldn't be able to live with it going forward. That kind uh, of guilt. But I understand it's for the betterment of the people. So I would probably, if I was as attached to her mm. as he was, I'd probably would kill myself after understanding that okay, mankind needs to continue. Yes, I, I do, I do. But it's an interesting concept. What would you pick? That's a good question. I mean. Between saving the entire world and uh, saving my son, mm-hmm. I just, a I, very close son at that, not like a not not, not, not a blood. Yeah. Depends well, on well, that, that's relative. Like he saw her as he saw her as like a stand-in for his daughter, like yeah, a surrogate for her, like, like a proper. Yeah. She felt he felt like she he felt like she was blood because I mean he was living all they've been through for one. Yeah, thing. All, the, all the experiences, the loyalty, like the love. As a, you know, he just loved her, so I get it. But I know if I was in that situation, I, I probably would. I'm not a parent. Yeah, so let, me it's not, like, let me not talk. But if I were to pick mankind, I think off the off the off the rip, I probably would kill if, myself. If I, if I if I was a parent, I'd have an easier time making that choice. Yeah, I probably yeah. Would, I probably would kill myself if I pick if I pick mankind. But it's a it's a definitely definitely an interesting question to pose to to everyone. I guess y'all. I guess answer in the comments. What would you pick? Your your child, your offspring, or would you pick mankind? Uh, Make yeah, a choice. It's a very very interesting scenario. And and when Ellie wakes up after he gets her out of the hospital, he lies to her, tell her the cure was never gonna work, no way. Mm-hmm. And then they gotta make their way back to Tommy's town and live like a normal, reasonably happy life. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's a smart kid, and Joel's story has plenty of holes in it, and it's like. And she's looking at him like Joel, so that's how it really went down. Like, like that's mm-hmm. she wants to say. Yeah. But yeah, I get why he doesn't want to tell her the truth. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like it's a it's a very moral conundrum. Very much, very much so. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought the series wasn't bad, though. I mean... It was cool, especially the fact that they took it from a video game. They had to kind of, like, fill in the blanks since it's a video game. Yeah, they had you to. You know what I mean? So there's a lot more you have to tell. Mm-hmm. Video games are quite a... They're quite basic. I mean, they're basic, but nowadays they're, like, multi-layered narratives. I mean, but this is based in the two, like, PlayStation back in the day. 2013. This move, this game was made in 2013. Yeah. Oh, so then it was PlayStation like three, three or four. Or four yeah. Oh, so it's probably more layered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought it yeah, was by that old. point, I thought I, it was an older game. Yeah, at that point, video games had evolved and probably yeah. more evolved now than they were back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know where the hell to begin with a video game. The most, the last thing I ever Especially bought. RPG genres. I mean, the yeah. RPGs the way they are now are way more enhanced. Like Zelda for N64, we had a strategy guide for that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they still make strategy guides. That's funny. Online, maybe, or in GameStops? Yeah, I wonder. That was a thing when we were growing up. Yeah, we needed those. There was no, like, there was no, like, apps or cheat codes or nothing like that. Well, there were, but it's like we didn't use cheat codes all that much. Yeah. Even though in wrestling games, if you manage to hit somebody a certain way, they'll complain that you cheated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if you hit somebody, like, time and just write him with a clothesline that's going to make him give a TKO. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Like you cheated, man. You cheated. Oh, the controller's messed up. No, 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 no. I just, I just, I know how to play the game. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but Last of Us. They're gonna do a season two of that. Um, it's, 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 it's an all right show. It's an all right show. But honestly, the zombie apocalypse because Walking it's played Dead. Played out, bro. Yeah, exactly. Walking Dead made it played out. Yeah. It's no longer intriguing. Yeah. I mean, this right here is all right because of how they how the zombies look with the whole mushroom head and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But other than that, other than that, it's like come up with something new. Yeah. Now at least make it an allegory for something that will make it interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was cool, but cool for what it was. I, th- I think I think the impressive part is they took it from a video game and made it a movie. Did you or think? A show, so. Did you think what's it called? The whole pandemic part of some political influences. I mean, in today's pandemic, or yes, today's. I can't call it. Hmm. I can't call it. Ask me this in like five years, maybe. Okay, I remember. Yeah. What do you think? A little bit. I mean, when they the way they were discussing it at the beginning of the series, mm-hmm. it paralleled like Fauci's discussions about the pandemic. Mm, okay, and that's and COVID. Yeah. And I think this this film it adds elements in there. I mean, it, of course, it takes from the video game, but it adds real world current event elements yeah, in there in yeah. order to add more intrigue mm-hmm. to get people writing think pieces I suppose yeah, yeah. but other than that it's just just another zombie apocalypse mm-hmm. oh, you're right dog. and that's all I have to say about that me too farce <laughs> but yeah um, check it out if anything go check out the Godfather 2 yeah, one and two one and two if you want to check, check those out and if you want to check them both out at the same time look up the Godfather saga yeah, it's seven hours long, but it shows the first two Godfather films in chronological order, along with deleted scenes. Mm, I have that on Blu-ray, actually. The Godfather Saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that that's that's something I could watch, but I'm like, I need bathroom breaks. Yeah, I have that. Well, I have it. I have the whole set on Blu-ray, so it's not mm-hmm. on one disc. It's like on four or five discs. Me too. Yeah. But they've been re-releasing the Godfathers over recent years. It's like. The Godfather Part 3 is now called The Death of Michael Corleone. Oh, that, really? That was never the title of it yeah, when I was growing up. It 
They never have no. They never have no titles for them. Yeah, you don't see you don't see Rocky doing Rocky Five, Adrian's Revenge. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, go check, go check that. It's a really good movie. Um, yeah, I for for, for I won't say for the first time, but for more detailed time, I I watched it with historical context. It was it was different. Right. Watching it this time around, it's a good movie though. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just good replay value. It's like you see something always, new, always, always, something new every time you watch. Yeah, the film. because it's like three and a half hours. You're definitely yeah. gonna catch something you might not have caught first right? time or second, third time, fourth, whatever. So it's kind of like when I used to watch the Shaka Zulu joints. The mm-hmm. set of the collection, I'll watch and I'll catch something I never caught in the past, so, or see it from a different perspective. Right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah, go check that out. Um, look up some NWO matches if you can. Look up the best of the NWO, or even look up some like uh, some his history, the entirety of the NWO's history that some YouTube user might have put together. Yeah, yeah, they're more educational. Yeah, let me know. Let us know what uh, your favorite NWO wrestler was, your favorite NWO match, or the first your favorite NWO moment. None of that sting shit. I guess if you like the Sting shit, you can throw that in there. You can there. throw it in there. Yeah, yeah. But but just so you know, we we will we will defecate over it. David. But we'll, yeah. We'll give you we'll give you a Chicago sunroof. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was a great era growing up in that NWO mist. It was dope. It was no time, time to be alive. Yes, it so. was. The last few great eras of pro wrestling. Yep. So but yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you liked about the show. Mm-hmm. Godfather is such a long movie. But you'll you get through have, it. You probably have your own takes if you've already seen it. So let us know let what us you know. thought. Let us know um, in the comments. Let us know online. I mean, on social media. Just talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. we're, we're tired of talking at you right now. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love talking <laughs> to you. I love talking to you guys. Yeah, we love your feedback. Some of y'all were looking forward to this episode, especially on the Godfather part. So we'd love to hear your takes, mm-hmm. your favorite scenes, not so favorite scenes, questions you might have had of like of um, scenes and stuff that didn't add up. You know, so just throw that in there. Yeah, we'd love to comment on there, or even read your comments or your takes. You know, it's a classic movie, won a lot of Oscars. So e- yeah. Even if you ain't seen it, just comment, comment, like straight up, I'm, like say something like. I never seen it, but I've always wanted to. Straight up. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right, on that note. Peace. We out.